0: All right, let's talk with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning because, boy, there's so much to break down. Good morning, Vaughn. Good
1: morning, Simi. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening, but it was a real turn the page moment over here in the Capitol yesterday as some members of the press gallery actually attended a press conference in person.
0: Wow!
1: Yeah, like for the first time in eighteen <laughs> months, I think. Uh, so Keith Baldry was there. Uh, Rob Shaw was there, and oh gosh, I'm going to forget one one of my. Co- I wasn't there. Uh, I'm going to forget one of my colleagues, but yeah, I, t- I talked to Baldry yesterday afternoon, and he said it's really strange. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you're sitting in the in a chair, and and the politician is right there in front of you, and. Um, You're not distracted by the incredible Nigel uh, with his hand signals. And, (laughs) and, uh, you know, Nigel is absolutely brilliant at it. I have to say, Simi, that when he does the putting the jab into your arm, you can almost feel the needle going in. He's so vivid and powerful. Well, anyway,
0: that was a big deal yesterday.
1: We're getting on to, you know, uh, the new world is beckoning uh, the page is being turned. The legislature adjourned yesterday. but uh, And when it comes back in the fall, we're told uh, it might actually be more or less normal, what? which, you know, for the B.C. legislature can still be pretty strange.
0: That's all relative, yes. right? That's all relative based yeah. on what normal is. Okay, let's talk about uh, what the whole thing with the second dose of AstraZeneca versus Pfizer. And I was telling Gord this earlier, Vaughn, I was sitting there after just getting my second dose of AstraZeneca, yes. scrolling through my phone, reading the news, when I saw what Nasty had recommended, and I thought, what?
1: Yeah, do you ever feel like the entire system is just kind of screwing around with you?
0: Yes, <laughs> I did.
1: <laughs> Dr. Henry, um, as we know, is a master of herself remaining calm and reassuring, but I think it's fair to say she was a little exasperated by this yesterday. The You know, the public health officers in the country, the B.C. health minister, Adrian Dix, have been struggling to get people to get vaccinated, to tell them we're on track, to tell them everything's going well. Bad news yesterday from Pfizer that some of our shipment of Pfizer is going to be delayed, and then she has to deal with a nasty recommendation that mainly just served to confuse people.
0: Yeah, that's the part I don't understand. Do they not have that conversation before they put a recommendation like that out? Because doctor Bonnie Barney-Henry was essentially saying, we're not going to pay attention to this.
1: No, she said, look, it's a small, a very small, she said, very small study. Speculative, not conclusive, and BC is not changing its recommendation on that basis. Um, you know, the context on this is that we here in British Columbia and right across Canada had at the beginning of the year, especially shortages of vaccines. There's all kinds of reasons why we didn't have enough vaccine, but it led to some public health decisions that were making the best of shortages. So we, as you know, Simi extended the interval for uh, Pfizer and Moderna, especially Uh, Because we weren't going to get enough, and we needed to get as many people with a first shot as quickly as we could because that was going to do the most to reduce the risk. And the other thing is we made maximum use of AstraZeneca because we had AstraZeneca. And yes, our politicians, our leaders, our health officers all said, you know, the best vaccine is the one you get. Well. That was true because not only was the best act vaccine the one you get, it was the only one that was available. So I think that's where all that came from. I mean, NASI is not obliged to provide political cover to what was a partly a political, not a scientific decision. But for the public, this thing is complicated enough. I know uh, you're not alone in being exasperated yesterday with the way this went out and I can understand Dr. Henry's exasperation as well.
0: Me too, and my feeling was just like, well, what's done is done. Yeah, you know, there's nothing I can do to change it. The place, the pharmacy where I got it done, they told me that they were getting about seventy percent uptake on the AstraZeneca second dose. So, out of all the people that they dosed for the first time, they're getting about seventy percent return.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're certainly reducing our risk, and we're collectively reducing our risk, which is itself part of the story. Um, The Pfizer holdup, I'm scheduled, was scheduled anyway, past tense, to get get my second dose for Pfizer in July, and based on the news yesterday that the Pfizer deliveries are going to be held up in July... I'm guessing I may be switched to Moderna. I've seen the evidence that, you know, Moderna and Pfizer are pretty much equivalent, so I'm not in the position that uh, AstraZeneca recipients are. But, yeah, I mean, um, this system isn't perfect. We're not in a perfect position here in British Columbia or in Canada. We're doing better than most places in the world. And, you know, the other point, which I think has been made a bunch of times, is we 've never really been here before, yes, and uh, our our public i've certainly criticized our public health officials, as you know, and our governments and all that, but I also recognize they are trying hard to make the best of a not perfect situation
0: right, okay, one more thing I wanted to talk about today for sure because I thought I was quite entertained reading about this yesterday. Having to do with the expert housing panel and their report that arrived, and then the one thing that they suggested was immediately shot down. Uh, the two things
1: they suggested, it was it was DOA before the, the the press. Some of my colleagues had started had finished reading the content. So this is an expert panel appointed federal, provincial, and and a huge huge challenge out there, which is housing affordability. Um, they chaired by former NDP finance minister, Joy McPhail. So from here in British Columbia and the expert panel is supposed to do is to come out and say, well, look, you know, you may not like the rec- the advice, but at least here's the advice. So, they suggested a couple of things that were going to get a lot of attention. One was to phase out the homeowner grant here in B.C., and the other was at the federal level to eliminate the capital gains exemption for when you sell your principal residence. So you you sell your principal residence, you'd be taxed on the gap between what you paid for it and what you're selling for it, that'd be pretty lucrative, as would the phasing of the homeowner grant. These are big cash windfalls for government if they did it. And, of course, the panel is saying then take that money and divert it to people who can't afford a house, can't get into social housing. So that's the recommendation. Uh, finance Minister Selina Robinson, the provincial finance minister, she'd already ruled out phasing out the homeowner grant, so she said, basically, it's a non-starter. Thanks for the advice. I'm not doing it. And the federal finance minister, well, she is, her government is headed into an election. This is not something you're going to announce before an election, so it's the phase-out-the-capital-gain-tax uh, uh, exemption for principal residents is a non-starter. You know, <clears throat> I have to say, Simi, uh, there is no tax more popular than a new tax you don't have to pay. Um, you know, the speculation tax is a good example. Yeah. Uh, when the liberals put the tolls on a bridge that many of us don't have to drive on, those were popular taxes cause with people who didn't have to pay them. But the reverse is true. Ninety percent of British Columbians get the homeowner grant. Yes, I know that many of us who get it don't really need it, and I'm in that group, so, you know, I'm not going to be too angry if it's phased out. But there's a lot of people that, you know, are house rich. Uh, yeah. But but income poor, they're seniors, they're living in a, the family home, they're holding to the family home because... It's either their retirement fund or they're going to give it to their kids. So they would be hard hit by phasing out the homeowner grant. And the same with uh, the the, uh, exemption for homes uh, from capital gains. Same thing. There's a lot of people that would be hit by these changes who would be very angry with the government. And I think that's why the politicians are very reluctant to touch either recommendation.
0: So true. All right, Vaughn, thank you.
1: Bye-bye, Cindy.